Manna or Meatloaf, episode 20. What's staring you in the face? Hello, hello. It's so good to be here again and in a much better place than I was last week. So last week, speaking of last week, in our Come Follow Me studies, we read in Helaman 4, verse 23, that the judgments of God did stare the Nephites in the face. For some reason, the way that was written stared me in the face. I always try to liken the scriptures unto myself by asking questions about those scriptures that hit me like that. And so I started out with the most logical one in my mind. Aren't God's judgments always staring us in the face? I mean, in reality, every single decision we make that contributes to an action has eternal consequences, right? And those consequences may determine how eternal life looks to us based on the laws and ordinances of the gospel, and consequently the judgments of God. Isn't that interesting? Then my thoughts shifted to God's face, staring at me, staring right at me. What does that feel like? Wow. I absolutely love what President Ezra Taft Benson said, quote, Nothing will surprise us more than when we get to heaven and see the Father and realize how well we know Him and how familiar His face is to us, end quote. Naturally, I see the renditions of a handful of Latter-day Saint artists in my mind when I imagine looking into the face of my Father in Heaven or His Son, Jesus Christ. I see the beard, the longer wavy hair, the white or red robes. Even when you browse through any gospel art or search for images of Christ on the church's website, they all kind of resemble one another, don't they? But I kind of think that we get to control what we'll see in His face and his eyes when we eventually stand at the judgment bar and get to see him face to face. That kind of makes me emotional. Have you ever thought of that? What will I see when I look into the face of my Savior and Redeemer, Jesus Christ? I sat with that thought for quite a while, and I finally landed on the idea that it might look different then and now. I hope so. If I were to see him now— I began to wonder if the look of compassion and patience I see on the face of God may vaguely resemble the look I had facing my then two-year-old son, Drake. I simply couldn't love that boy more. I was obsessed with his big blue eyes and his fun, busy, energetic, curious little soul. But I am here to tell you, (laughs) he was always into something. He was the kid who I would lovingly tuck into bed, only to find him minutes later in the undrained bathtub, soaking in his fuzzy footy jammies. The second I turned my back on him, he was always into the flour, the toilet, the mud, anything and everything he wasn't supposed to be in. When he would sleep in my arms, I would look at this amazing little boy and see his giant spirit in his little boy body. I recognized his bright, intelligent, curious mind. He always wanted to learn everything hands-on, and he did, and still does. He wanted to experience life at its fullest. He did, and he still does. He knew, I hope anyway, that there was nothing he could do that would make me love him less. He knew that no matter how upset I was, I would always end up wrapping him in my arms and reminding him of that love. Yes, I see endless patience if I imagine my Savior staring me in the face right now. I see the look in his eyes that says, 
Keep the faith. Keep at it. I'll bet you'll do better next time. It's okay. I still love you, and I can still see all of your potential. Let's try again. Even now, in our complete and utter imperfection, I believe God sees our potential and our promise, and He sees what we will become. He sees our struggles and all of our attempts to just keep trying and our desires to do what's right and to do good. I believe He sees what I saw in my son, the very best, despite the messes. Why, then, is all that we ever seem to see when we look in the mirror our weaknesses? What weaknesses are staring us in the face right now, in the middle of life? I don't know about you, but if you're like me, you're all too aware of those less than favorable traits, and you may not want to focus on them because guess what? It doesn't feel all that great. So let's change that question to one of power, one that can propel us forward. But first, it might be helpful if we ask ourselves the following question. Do we believe the scripture found in Ether 12, 27? Quote, And if men come unto me, I will show unto them their weakness. I give unto men weakness that they may be humble, and my grace is sufficient for all men that humble themselves before me. For if they humble themselves before me and have faith in me, then will I make weak things become strong unto them. End quote. It sounds to me like we need to take a good hard look, even if it's no fun, at the weaknesses that we've got going on. Maybe those things that we try to avoid or bury because it's just so much easier to see in others, right? It kind of hurts if someone brings them to our attention. So let's just be honest with ourselves and ask God to help us see them clearly in a constructive way that won't depress or discourage us, but motivate us to improve. So when I'm zoning someone's feet and I hit the signal that represents the ear, for example, and I can tell their bodies trying to get their attention, and trust me, they can feel it too, (laughs) I encourage them to do a little bit of introspection. You see, the emotional signal for the ear is not hearing something clearly. Makes sense, right? I usually prompt the person at that point to ask themselves a few questions, to ask them if there is someone or more than one person that is repeatedly telling them something. Maybe it's something they don't want to hear. Maybe it's the whole talk to the hand concept. I'll then ask, can you consider that open-mindedly enough to see what it might look like or feel like if you did take their advice? What would happen if you made the necessary changes or incorporated their ideas or stopped doing what they're bringing to your attention? What if you actually implemented that? It's certainly worth thinking about. Have your ears been bothering you lately? Ha ha! (laughs) Maybe you're not hearing something clearly. And interestingly enough, one of the emotional signals for the eye is, you guessed it, not seeing something clearly. Is there a weakness you just can't see clearly about yourself? Or maybe it's the solution you can't see clearly. We all have those things. I would like to know exactly why I struggle so much with my weight. I actually know the answer to that one. But I would like to see the solution, anyway, so much more clearly. And yes, guess what? I have problems with my eyes. Go figure. So let's get back to the scriptures I started with. In Helaman 4, verse 24, it says that God is staring the Nephites in the face, right? And that they then became aware of their weaknesses. It says in verse 24 that they saw that they had become weak like unto their brethren, the Lamanites. And in verse 26, that they had fallen into a state of unbelief and awful wickedness. 
Do we really know what our weaknesses are? Do we stare at them in the face and say, hey, you, procrastination, I'm going to beat you and eliminate you from my life. Hey, anger, you have no place in my day. Hey, jealousy, you don't make me feel good. Get out of the way. There's no home for you here. Or do we brush them under the rug and ignore them because, again, they don't feel all that great? Denial can sometimes be a happy little place. What other weaknesses are staring me in the face besides my dirty dishes and the weeds in my front flower bed that may or may not be as tall as I am? Oh, it's true. I need to master the element of time. That is so true. I have been given the sacred stewardship of managing the limited resource of time. So have you. How do we spend it? So many times when I think about what's staring me in my face, it's my endless to-do list, which points back to my priorities. These are just a few of the things I'll be working on. What about you? Let's start with the one that's getting in the way of your progress the most. Now, I certainly hope I'm blessed with the privilege of some more time on the earth to prepare to meet God and to do all that I can to work on these weaknesses that I've shared with you. But the reality is that even if I do all that I can and work my little hiney off in overcoming my weaknesses, it still won't be enough, right? That's where I rely on Christ's grace, His divine help to make up the difference. With the enabling power of His infinite atonement, He can transform me into something far greater than my efforts alone could ever produce. So that when I do eventually stand at the final judgment, when His judgments are staring me in the face as a result of my life lived, I hope those judgments, based on that life, will look different and I will feel different And the look on the face of Christ will also look differently. If I'm truly walking through this scenario in my mind, I'm quite sure I'll be on my knees with tears of gratitude and love pouring down my cheeks. But I want to, and it's not hard to imagine him leaning down, taking my hand and pulling me into his loving embrace. (laughs) I know he'll see how far I've come, how hard I've tried how sorry I was for the mistakes, and how much I loved. I hope that the look on his face reflects how I look upon my now-grown son, Drake, with absolute adoration of the kind of person he has become, the emotional, physical, and spiritual strengths that he so clearly displays, and the continuing potential that I stand in awe of. When I stand in front of my Savior— and my Father in Heaven one day, and they stare into my face and into my heart, I want them to see in me what I did with the challenges and weaknesses that were mine. Of Joseph Smith, it was said, quote, In weakness have I blessed him, end quote. That's found in the Doctrine and Covenants 35.17. And in 2 Nephi 3.13, it says, again of Joseph Smith, quote, Out of weakness he shall be made strong, end quote. When Joseph and his brother Hiram began the journey which would lead to their deaths, Hiram turned to the same promise the Lord gave Moroni in Ether 12.37, Because thou hast seen thy weakness, thou hast been made strong, even unto the sitting down in the place which I have prepared in the mansions of my father. End quote. 
I truly believe in every corner of my heart that as we strive to have a closer relationship with God, our worst flaws, weaknesses, and shortcomings can be transformed into our greatest shining strengths. What comfort and consolation this brings my heart. When we acknowledge and ask God for His help in overcoming them, we will be strengthened. Let's, for a change, focus on the hope that gives us, instead of the discouragement we usually feel when we focus on our weaknesses and shortcomings. And let's use these very weaknesses to literally change the trajectory of our futures here on earth and in our lives to come. Let that truth stare you in the face. Oh, I love that. (music) 